great moments in time come from great opportunities. And you have the opportunity to get back into the swing of things. A big summer of golf is headed your way here in Northwest Ohio. And Ollie the Alford has you covered. It all starts on July 5th through the 11th with the tradition unlike any other in the Northwest Ohio sports scene. The Marathon Classic presented by Dana in Sylvania, Ohio. We will have all the coverage for you of the Marathon Classic from the start of the tournament to its conclusion right here on All Andy Alfred. And then in September, the world will be watching as Team USA battles Team Europe at Inverness Club for the 2021 Solheim Cup. It's going to be an event unlike any other you'll see in sports. Tickets are available for both events. A special for the Marathon Classic, though. Two for one weekly grounds tickets available at your local Kroger stores. For all the information regarding the tournaments, visit themarathonclassic.com for ticket information and for events leading up to the tournament. And for the Solheim Cup, head to solheimcup.com for more information. It's going to be a great summer of golf, and we have all the coverage right here on All Andy Alfred. The following is a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford. And Facebook.com slash all Andy Elford. The Tigers sweep the Yankees. Let me get this right. The Tigers, who have just lost three of four to the Indians, sweep the New York Yankees? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now head to Sud City for two games. At former Miller Park. Oh my goodness. The Toronto Blue Jays take two of three from the Tribe. On a cold, miserable weekend in Cleveland. But they split the series opener against the White Sox. We'll talk about that. The Reds lose on the north side of Chicago. But win... On Memorial Day against the Phillies. The Hens are winning in Louisville. And they're headed now down to Memphis. Even though Joey Votto is going to be with the Bats starting tonight. Seth Jones wants out of Columbus. You'll hear my opinion about that. 
The Leafs are out. Oh, my bracket is busted. I am done. There'll be no dinner this year. So, who am I rooting for now? Let's go Islanders, baby. And Helio Castroneves wins the 500. And you just want a new episode of All Andy Alford starting right now on the Anchor Network. Guess who's back? All Andy Alford. And a shot at a goal. 24 runs in the span of Shut out. Go, Jack. That's way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Choo choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say I love you guys and welcome into another edition of All Andy Alfred right here on your exclusive home for me. That is the Anchor Network. And you are listening to me today on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, whether it be on Spotify, whether it be on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Bleaker, however, wherever and whenever you listen and however you listen to this podcast, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the show and being a part of hearing what's happening in the sports world as well as what's happening in my life. You can always be a part of the show. Yes, you can always be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. Welcome into this Tuesday edition of AllAndyAlfred Podcast Tuesday. We will have a show on Friday. Yes, we are back. Two, two shows a week, Tuesday and Friday. We are back on the air for you tonight. A lot to get into, and I hope you had a good holiday weekend. Got a chance to finally get to see the fiancé for the first time in, like, about two weeks. She was released from COVID. Uh, she came back with two negative tests. It is She is good to go. She's back to work. Um, so it's good to see her. Got a chance to hang out with her last night. Had a great time last night with her. Um, it's truly good to be back, you know, to see her and get to hang out with her. Got to hang out with her family for a little bit on Monday after my other job. Uh, we went and hung out with my side of the family. Had a nice cookout. It was great. Absolutely fantastic. And then I caught the highlights last night of the Leafs. Choking it away. We'll talk about that tonight. Also, we'll dive into how about the Islanders getting a coming back and getting a three to take the series and tying the series going back to the Coliseum against the Boston Bruins. We'll talk about that tonight. Also, we'll dive into what is happening in Jacket Country right now. Yes, the report is from Elliot Freeman that Seth Jones is going to explore options for a free agency. Hold on, Andy. We'll get to that in just a second. We got a lot to get into tonight. And of course, we'll talk about the Indianapolis 500 as well. But let's first and foremost hit the diamond and let's talk a little bit about what is happening in Motown this past weekend. A huge series win, a sweep. Lipman called 
and got the brooms out for the New York Yankees. The Tigers, unbelievably, sweep the New York Yankees three straight in Detroit. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I was shocked to say that, you know, this team is, in my opinion, you know, on the road to rebuilding. And it's building a good foundation. But just to go and beat the Yankees. And not just beat them. Sweep them in three games. Outscore them by a total of of, of 15 to 5. In the span of three days. Unbelievable. And the pitching... I'll get to Sunday... Because I got to eat some crow for a little bit because of Scoble. But let's get, to, let's get to what happened this past weekend, shall we? Let's recap. When I last left you on Friday, the Tigers were opening up a three-game series with the New York Yankees at Comerica Park. Now, this series was a big series because the Tigers were just coming off of losing three of four to the Cleveland Indians. And Friday night, the Indi- the Yankees came out. They were swinging. Odor getting his fifth home run of the season. But with two outs, in the bottom of the 10th inning, Robbie Grossman goes yard and scores a two-run bomb in the bottom of the 10th to win the game 3-2. to two. Now, in the top half of that frame in the 10th, the Yankees did score a run. So it was at one point 2-2. Two to two, Or, excuse me. Excuse me, it was 1-1. One to one. And that was a good game. But Grossman getting his sixth home run of the season in walk-off fashion into the left field bleachers sends everybody home to Comerica with a win. Absolutely Shock, he hits his first home run of the season. And the funny thing is, he hits the home run off of Wilson. And Wilson used to be his old college roommate. How about that? Absolutely amazing. But the Tigers a winner in extra frames by a score of 3-2. Garcia the win. He goes to 1-1 one one with a 4.50 ERA. Wilson the loss. He goes to 1-1 one one with a 6.08 ERA. Like I said, Rudin Ordor homering his fifth of the season. Robbie Grossman the walk-off home run in the bottom of the 10th inning. His sixth home run of the season. It was Casey Mize that started for the Tigers in the game. He went a good outing. Five innings pitch. Five hits, one run. That run was earned. No walks, seven strikeouts. He gave the home run up to Odor, his fifth of the season. But the open really settled down. You had Folkhauser, you had Cesaro, uh, Cesito, excuse me, and Fulmer and Soto. And Garcia gets the win for that. Garrett Cole, a great outing for him. Six innings pitch, six hits, one run. That run was earned. One walk, five strikeouts. His ERA, a 1.78. So the... Tigers take game one of the series. Then we get to Saturday. You figured that the Yankees would come out swinging. And they only put up one run. 
the run run in the in the second inning. And Spencer Turnbull was dealing, folks. The final line for the Yankees, one run on three hits, one error. The Tigers, six runs, seven hits, no errors in the game. Brandon Scope homering for the Tigers, his fifth of the season, no home runs hit for the Yankees. As the Tigers getting a big 6-1 win in downtown Detroit. And gives the Tigers the series win going into Sunday. In the game, Turnbull gets the win. 4-2 with a 2.93 ERA. He went 5 and 2 thirds innings pitch. 3 hits, 1 run. That run was earned. 3 walks, 6 strikeouts. His ERA, like I mentioned, a 2.93 in the game. The loss goes to Garcia. He... Went four in the thirds inning pitch, five hits, five runs, four of which were earned, one walk, three strikeouts. His ERA, a 6.48. So the Tigers, a big 6-1 win. The Tigers had two in the second, one in the fourth, three in the fifth, and the Yankees only had one in the second inning. So there is your line for that one. So the Tigers being up on the Yankees, getting the series win. By a score of 6-1 to one on Saturday. You get to the concluding game on Sunday. You had Scoble on the hill. Now, I, I, I was, I've I was been critical on this pitcher for the last two weeks on this podcast. I really think that this kid needs to be set down to the minor leagues and try to figure out what's happening with him. But, you know, he has 49. He, going into the game, he has a 49-20 to 20 strike-to-walk ratio. And you figure that, you know, the Yankees are a, a team that, you know, can hit for power. They can hit for power. Murderer's Row is with Gardner and Stanton coming back in the lineup, by the way. Judge. You have Murderer's Row. You don't want to pitch to four of these guys. Odor. These four guys you don't want to pitch to because they'll make you pay. And Scoble went out there and showed them all up. He dominated this game. Dominated this game. The Tigers beat the Yankees 6-2 on Sunday. And Scoville gets the win. No home runs hit by either team. Scoville gets the win. He's now 2-7 with a 4.59 ERA. King gets the loss. He goes to 0-2 with a 2.86 ERA. For Scoville in the game. Six innings pitch, three hits, no runs, none earned, three walk, eight. Eight strikeouts. 459 ERA. King, two and a third innings pitch, three hits, four runs. Two of which were earned, two walks, two strikeouts. ERA, a 2.86 in the game. So the Tigers sweep the Yankees. This is their first sweep of the Yankees since 2000. Let me repeat that again. This is the first time the Detroit Tigers have swept the New York Yankees 
at home since 2000. You got to go back to old Tiger Stadium was the last time that the Tigers swept the Yankees in a three-game season series in Detroit. Unbelievable. I just couldn't believe it. Unbelievable. So the Tigers, after the sweep of the Yankees, are now in Milwaukee for a quick two-game series. And last night, yesterday afternoon on Memorial Day, the Tigers fell to the Brewers in extra frames, unfortunately, by a score of 3-2. to two. It was a one-out ground rule double to end it in extra frames. And the final was 3-2 to two yesterday. Boxberger gets the win. He goes to 2-1 with a 3.43 ERA. Sicito the loss. He goes to 0-2 with a 4.15 ERA. Adims gets a home run, his seventh of the season. But Badu ties the game in the seventh inning, forcing forcing extra frames. If it wasn't for Badu's home run in the in the seventh inning, I think that we would not have been it would not have been a close game. You know, but it 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 sucks that. The Tigers came back, and it fell apart on them. But it's Milwaukee. Milwaukee's doing really good. They've won five of their after last night's win. They're five of their last six. They've won. So there's that for you. Alexander started for the Tigers. It was a bullpen day for the Tigers. He won an innings pitch, one hit, no run, two strikeouts. Uh, Daniel Norris was the blown save. He went one inning pitch, one hit, two runs. Those two runs were earned. One walk, two strikeouts, one home run he gave up. And that was the home run to Ed Eames in the game. For the Brewers in the game, it was uh, Burns on the hill. Six innings pitch, six hits, one run. That run was earned. Two walks, seven strikeouts, no home runs hit. He his ERA a 2.24. So the Tigers fall in Brew in Brewtown. They'll now play the uh, Brewers tonight. Math uh, Boyd on the hill two and six with a 3.43 ERA, 7:40 start time for that one. Doing this podcast at around 6:30, so we're getting closer to first pitch. Lauer will start for Milwaukee. He's 1-1 one one with a 2.45 ERA. 7.40 start time for that one on Bally Sports Detroit or in Bally Sports Wisconsin. Uh, the Tigers then will be off on Wednesday. They will head to the south side of Chicago for a big pivotal four-game series against the Pale Holes, the South Siders, and the opening starting Pitching on Thursday will be Casey Mize on the hill, 3-3 three and three with a 3.28 ERA. He'll take on Dallas Keuchel, who is 4-1 with a 4.53 ERA. 8-10 start time that game. You can watch on Bally Sports Detroit or on NBC Comcast Chicago. The game Friday 
Another 8-10 start time for that one. It'll be Spencer Turnbull on the hill, 4-2 with a 2.93 ERA. He'll take on Lucas Giolito, who's 5-4 with a 3.73 ERA. Game time for that one, 8-10. And then we'll preview the rest of the series from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on Friday's edition of All Andy Offer right here on the Anchor Network. So the Tigers, a huge series win against the Yankees, fall short on Monday to the Brewers. We'll see if they can get back into the swing of things tonight, and we'll see also if they can get some wins on the south side of Chicago against Tony Rulusa and the Chicago White Sox. But speaking of, of the team that, the Tigers will be playing next to the White Sox. They're in Cleveland to battle the Indians starting to, starting last night. And they're making up a double header from Monday from earlier in the season. But they started their season, their homestand with three games against the North. Yes, the Toronto Blue Jays and the Jays take two of three from the Indians. And we'll start off with Friday night. The Indians on a miserable cold night. And we, we did this podcast and I told you that, you know, the Indians might not get this game in because it's how cold and rainy and windy it is. But sure enough, they get the game in on Friday night against Toronto and they fall in seven innings, a shortened game. They fall 11 to two, 11 to two in the game. Ryu, the win, he goes to 5-2 with a 2.62 ERA. Morgan, the loss, he goes to 0-1 with a 20.25 ERA in the game. Uh, Pollock, home ring for the Jays, his first home run of the season. Taking it into the right field seats, up high. And the Jays getting a big win, a big, big win. On the corner of Carnegie in Ontario. In the game, Renew for the for the Blue Jays. Went five innings pitch, four hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, two walks, six strikeouts in the game on Friday night. For the Indians, it was Morgan starting. It was more or less a bullpen game for the Tribe. He went two and two-thirds innings, eight hits, six runs, all six of which were earned, two walks, one strikeout. He gave up the home run to Plick. His first of the season, his ERA, Morgan's ERA, a 20.25 ERA. So the Tribe Falls game one of the series. They get postponed on Saturday as the conditions were still worse over on the lake. So they played a double dip on Sunday afternoon. Game one saw the Jays getting a 4-1 win over the Indians in seven innings. Uh, the win goes to Stripley. He is 1-3 with a 5.11 ERA. Cervelli, the loss, he goes to 7-2 with a 3.28 ERA. Romano, the save, his third of the season. Home runs hit in the game. It was Hernandez for the Blue Jays, his eighth of the season. Tallies his third. For the Indians of the game, Josh Naylor homering his fifth of the season. And the Blue Jays getting a 4-1 win over the Tribe. And you look at the line, the pitching line for Cervelli. Six innings pitched, ten hits, 
four runs. Those four runs were earned. One walk, one strikeout, two home runs he gave up. The Hernandez and Telly's home run for the Blue Jays in the game. Shrepley, a good outing for him. Five innings pitched, two hits, one run. That run was earned. One walk, three strikeouts. He gave up the one home run to Josh Naylor. And Naylor's fifth home run of the season, his ERA, a 5.11. So the Tribe falls in game two of the series. They lose, they lose the ser- second game of the series. They bounce back in game three of the series on the doubleheader on the double dip and salvage and split the doubleheader as they win 6-5 to five in seven innings on Sunday afternoon. The Tribe getting six runs on five hits, no errors. The Blue Jays five hits on five, five runs on five hits, one error in the game. Uh, the winning pitcher was Chase for the Indians. He went three He's now 3-2 and two with a 1.19 ERA. Chatwood, the loss, he goes to 0-2 with a 3.10 ERA. Uh, the Indians scoring in the bottom of the seventh inning with two runs at the dish. The Indians getting a big win. Hedges gets the win. He goes. Hedges started for the Tribe. He went two and a third innings pitch, four hits, four runs. Those four runs were earned, three walks, and two strikeouts in the game for Hedges. For the Blue Jays in the game, it was Matt starting for the Blue Jays. He went five innings pitch, four hits. Those four hits were four runs, two of which were earned. No walks, four strikeouts. His ERA, a 4.22. So the Indians getting a big win in game three of the series, but they lose the series two to three to the Blue Jays this past Memorial Day weekend. So it was one of the rare occasions that you see this team the same Indians team play four games in two days, and that is what happened. The Reina on Saturday causing a doubleheader on Sunday between the Blue Jays and the Tribe. That then turned into a makeup game for the Tribe on Memorial Day. The Indians took on the White Sox, and they're playing the White Sox in four games in three days. So we look at game one from yesterday on Memorial Day, and game one goes to the White Sox by a score of 8-6. to six. Hurler, the win, he goes to 4-1 and one with a 5.09 ERA. Kranchak, the loss, he goes to 2-2 two and two with a 2.28 ERA. Uh, Bummer, the loss, the save, excuse me, his first of the season. Adam Eaton, homering for the, for the pale hose, his fifth of the season. Uh, Rosario, his third, and Cesar Hernandez, Homering twice in the game, his seventh and eighth of the season. So the Indians fall in game one of the series. They do bounce back in game two of the series. By the way, that game eight to six win for the Tribe, that was in extra innings as the White Sox put three runs into the eighth inning and beat the Tribe by a score of eight to six in game one of the doubleheader. In the double dip in game two, the Indians getting a 3 1 win, salvaging the doubleheader. And getting the series, getting the series back on track, it was Mountain on the hit. It was a, it was Mountain the win. He goes to one and zero with a six point seven five ERA. Lambert the loss for the for the Pale Hose. He's zero and one with a seven point three six ERA. Uh, Klaus the save his ninth of the se- Excuse me, Clace the save his ninth of the season. Jose Ramirez homering. He continues to hit the cover off the ball. His 13th of the season. No home runs hit 
for the White Sox in the game. The White Sox had one run on seven hits, one error. The Indians, three runs on seven hits, one error in the game. For the Indians, the starting pitcher was Quintel. He went three and a two-thirds innings pitch, four hits, one run. That run was earned, no walks, five strikeouts. His ERA, a 2.08 ERA. Uh, like I mentioned, Mountain, the win, he, go, he went one inning pitch, one hit, no runs, none earned, no walks, two strikeouts. His ERA, a 6.75. For the White Sox in the game, Lambert went the three and two-thirds innings pitch. He had seven hits, three runs, three of which were earned, one walk, four strikeouts. He gave up the one home run in the game, and that home run he gave up to was to Ramirez on a 1-1 pitch. So the White Sox getting a split with the doubleheader. They lose game two, and they'll get back into the swing of things tonight. 6-10 first pitch. They're actually underway as we speak. It'll be Cease on the hill for the White Sox. He's 3-1 with a 2.98 ERA. He'll take on Shane Bieber, who's 5-3 with a 3.13 ERA. Game time is 6-10 for that one. You can watch that game on Bally Sports Great Lakes, or you can watch it on NBC C A uh, NBC C S N, which is the Comcast Sports Network or the NBC Sports Channel in Chicago. Wednesday tomorrow, a one ten start time for that one. It will be Morgan on the hill for the Indians. He's zero one with a twenty point two five ERA. He'll take on Lynn, who is six and one with a one point three seven. ERA 110 start time for that one, and that is the Major League Baseball reopening day for the Indians. And we'll get to that why I say that here in just a little bit. The Indians then will be off on Thursday. They will welcome it, go to Baltimore for a three game series. Both teams have not yet named starters for Friday's game. We will have a preview of that game on Friday's edition of All Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network. So the tribe. Fall to the Blue Jays, split against the White Sox, but let's see if they can win the series with four games in three days, and they've already played two of which on Monday afternoon. As you're listening to All Andy Alford today right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Caps, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in to the podcast tonight. And now let's head to the senior circuit. Let's talk a little red leg baseball. And let's talk about how they are struggling on the north side of Chicago. So Cincinnati heads over to the north side of Chicago. Since the White Sox are now playing the Indians, they were just playing. They're they're playing the Indians now. They were just they're getting ready to welcome in the Tigers this upcoming week. But the Reds came to the north side of Chicago for a three-game series. The uh, Reds getting a loss on Friday afternoon by a score of one to nothing. We broke that game for you down, and we'll recap it for you right now as we speak. The Reds falling one to nothing to the the Cubs on Friday afternoon on the north side of Chicago. Gutierrez getting his first major league debut start, and he gets the loss, and he only provided one run in the game, and it was a Bote home run, his fifth of the season. The Cubs getting one run on three hits, no errors. The Reds zero runs on seven hits, no errors. As the Reds fell one to nothing to the Cubs, 
Uh, Osrole gets the win. He goes to 3-4 and four with a 3.81 ERA. Gutierrez the loss. He goes to 0-1 with a 1.80 ERA. Craig Kimball the save. His 12th of the season. Boche homering for the Cubs in the game. His 5th of the season. Gutierrez, five innings pitched, two hits, one run. That run was earned, two walks, three strikeouts. He gave up the one home run for Bote. Uh, uh, Slore, the win for the Cubs. He goes five and two-thirds innings pitched, five hits, no runs, none earned, three walks, six strikeouts in the game for the Cubs. So the Cubs getting a one-to-nothing win on Friday. They continue their run and beat the Reds. On Saturday, give them up a 10 spot as the Reds fall 10-2 to the Northsiders of Chicago. As it was Luis Castillo on the hill, he gets the loss. He goes to 1-8 with a 7.22 ERA. Thompson, the win, he goes to 3-1 with no ERA. Ortega for the Cubs, getting his first home run of the season. But it's going to come at a cost as Bautier was injured in the game. Uh, he injured his left shoulder while sliding into second base in the fourth inning. So he gets the home run the night, the day before, but he gets injured the next day. That is bad news for the Cub for Cub fans going forward. So the with Castillo on the hill for the Red Legs, and again he pitching control for him is what he needs to work on. He really needs to work on that and. It's one of those things that maybe some time off off the starting rotation might be needed. I mean, because absolutely he needs time off. He needs time off. He needs the time to figure himself out. He went five innings, pitched four runs. Those four runs were four hits and four runs. Those one, two of which were earned. Four walks, three strikeouts he gave up, no home runs. His ERA a 7.22. In the game for the Cubs, it was Davies that started for the Cubs. He went five innings pitched, two hits, one run. That run was earned, two walks, and three strikeouts in the game. Ortega, his second home run hit in the game of the season. No home runs hit for the for the Red Legs on Saturday afternoon. You get to Sunday, and Eugenio Suarez puts a charge into, into the field, giving them a huge boost. In the fourth inning, as the Reds get three in the first, two in the fourth, and one, and that was all the scoring the Reds needed. The Cubs get one in the eighth, but the Reds get the 5-1 win, salvage a win on the north side of Chicago, Chicago and Malley gets a big win. He pitched a gem of a ball game. Malley in this game. And they got to Arietta pretty well. Five innings pitch, one hit, no runs, one walk, eight strikeouts, no home runs he gave up in the game. For Arietta, who was the starting pitcher for the Cubs, he gets the loss. He went three and two-thirds innings pitch, giving up six hits, five runs, two of which were earned, four walks, three strikeouts, one home run, the Suarez home run. Suarez is his 12th home run of the season. His ERA, a 4.41 ERA. Anton the save. His third of the season, so the Reds lose two or three to the North Siders, but get the win on Sunday to build the momentum for coming back home on Monday afternoon against the Philadelphia Phillies at Great American Ballpark, and they put a shellacking on the Phillies, and it was all started off 
by Kyle Farmer homering a big bomb into the left field seats, hammering the route for the Reds. The end. The Reds end the month of May on a very good note as they beat the Phillies 11 to one. Wade Miley gets the win. He goes to five and four with a 3.26 ERA. Vasquez, the loss, he goes to 2-1 with a 4.08 ERA. Farmer, his home run, his fourth of the season. Chirac, his first home run of the season. No home runs hit for the Phillies in the game. The Phillies line, one hit, one run on eight hits, one error. The Reds, 11 runs on 11 hits and no errors in the game. For Miley in this starting, he went six innings, pitched six hits, one run. That run was earned. Three walks, six strikeouts, his ERA, a 3.26 ERA. For the Phillies in the game, it was Vasquez getting the loss. He now goes to 2-1 and one with a 4.08 ERA. He went three innings pitch, five hits, six runs. All six were earned. Three walks, three strikeouts, two home runs hit in the game. The Schrock and Farmer home runs. So the Reds continue their home stamp. And as a big pitching matchup tonight, I'm hoping that I get this podcast done early so I can watch this good pitching matchup. Nolan on the hill for Philadelphia. He's 3-4 and four with a 3.72 ERA. He'll take on Sonny Gray, who is 1-3 with a 3.40 ERA. 7-10 start time for that one. You can watch that on the NBC, uh, Sport, NBC channel Philadelphia, or you can watch it on Bally Sports Ohio. Tomorrow, 12.35 first pitch, the grand reopening day of Major League Baseball. It will be Gutierrez making his Reds home debut. He's 0-1 with a 1.80 ERA. He'll take on Howard, who's 0-1 with a 5.56 ERA. 12.35 first pitch for that one tomorrow at Great American Ballpark. Like I mentioned before, with the Indians and now the Reds grand reopening as Ohio has lifted their health orders as of 12.01 Wednesday morning a.m. The health orders will be lifted. You will have to, you can take your mask off if you're fully vaccinated. You can be in the ballpark and it'll be full capacity at both Progressive Field and Great American Ballpark starting tomorrow, 12.35 first pitch for the Reds game, 1.10 start time for the Indians game tomorrow against the White Sox. The Reds will go then on the road for four games in St. Louis to take on the Cardinals. The Thursday matchup will see Luis Castile on the hill 1-8 with a 7.22 ERA. St. Louis has not yet named the starter for that one at 8-15. They we will also preview the game on uh on Friday at 8.15, start time for that one. It looks like Malley will start for the Reds. He's 4-2 and two with a 3.42 ERA. The Cardinals have not yet named the start. We'll preview the series Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for you right here on All Andy Elford on Friday night's edition of the podcast. Let's take a look at some news and notes around Major League Baseball before we go into the updated standings. Uh, Michael Brantley is going to be on the 10-day DL with a hamstring injury. That's not good to see right there. Uh, today, is the details are setting up for tomorrow, June 2nd, will be Lou Gehrig Day, the inaugural Lou Gehrig Day in, in Major League Baseball. Looking forward to seeing how Major League Baseball is going to handle that. 
Um, uh, it looks like Lewis, uh, Kyle Lewis is going to be on the 10-day DL for the Mariners with a meniscus tear. That's not good to see. Um, and uh, let's see here. One other news and notes to pass along to you here. Uh, the Blue Jays are excited that Salem Field in Buffalo, New York has been upgrade, upgraded for fans to come in. Uh, for the second straight year. So we'll see what happens. We'll absolutely see what happens if they're going to stay, especially with, with the numbers are in Canada going down now. Maybe they'll make the trek back and with, with how the NHL is handling things right now. The possibility that Major League Baseball could be coming back to Toronto sooner than later. So we'll see what happens with that. With all that in mind, let's take a look around the league and let's take a look at the MLB standings going into today's play. The White Sox are in top spot in the American League Central at 33-21. and 21. The Indians are in second spot at 29 and 24 three and a half games out of first place kansas city is at 500 at 26 and 26 six games out of first place minnesota 22 and 31 10 and a half games out of first place the tigers are 22 and 32 11 games out of first place in the east it is the tampa bay rays holding down the top spot at 35 and 20 boston right behind them at 32 and 21 two games out of first place the Yankees are 29 and 25, five and a half games out of first place. Toronto is in, in the fourth spot at 27 and 25, six and a half games out of first place. They're four and six in their last 10. Baltimore in the last spot at 17 and 37, 17 and a half games out of first place. In the West, it is the A's holding down the top spot at 31 and 25. Oh, the Trastros are 29 and 24. Half game out of first place. Seattle uh, Seattle is 28 and 27, two and a half games out of first place. The Angels of Anaheim are 24 and 36 games out of first place, and the Texas Rangers are 22 and 33, eight and a half games out of first place in the in the senior circuit on the National League Central. It will be the Cubs that are holding the top spot at 30 and 23. The Cardinals are right behind them at 30 and 24, half game out of first place. Is the Brew Crew at 29 and 25, a game and a half out of first place? The Reds are right there at 24 and 28, five and a half games out of first place. And the Pirates are 20 and 33, 10 games out of first place. In the NL East, it is the Mets holding the top spot right now at 26 and 20. The Braves are a game under 500 at 25 and 26, three and a half games out of first place. Philadelphia 29 and 25 and 29. Five games out of first place. Miami is 24 and 28. Five games out of first place. And the Washington Nationals are 21 and 29. Seven games out of first place. In the West, it is the Giants now holding the top spot at 34 and 20 in the top spot. The, the Padres are 34 and 21. A half a game out of first place. The Dodgers 32 and 22. Two games out of first place. Colorado is 20 and 34. 14 games out of first place. Arizona 19 and 36. 15 and a half games out of first place. Some of the games happening this week in the early part of this week. This is besides the Tigers taking on the Brewers. The White Sox are taking on the Indians and the Reds are in the, are hosting the Phillies. This is what the rest of the major league baseball will be taking on. The twins are in Baltimore to take on the O's. Tampa is in New York to battle the Yankees. The Marlins are in 
Buffalo to battle the the Buffalo Blue Jays. It is the Nationals are in Atlanta to battle the Braves. The Padres are in the north side to battle the Cubs. The Trastros are welcoming in the Boston Red Sox. Pittsburgh is in Kansas City. It will also be the Texas Rangers in Boulder to battle the Colorado Rockies. It will be the Mets are in Arizona to battle the Diamondbacks. Angels are at the Giants. Athletics are hosts are on the road to battle the Mariners. And the Cardinals are in Chavez Ravine to battle the Dodgers tonight. It will be, by the way, for that game, Price versus Grant in that game tonight for the Dodgers and Padres. Just want to check something really quickly here. Uh, tomorrow's game will be Bueller versus Martinez on Wednesday's game, and both teams have, and then the Dodgers head to Atlanta after this series. So the Reds fall two of three to the to the Cubs, but they get the big win on Sunday and a big win on Monday to start the series against the Bryce Harper and the Philadelphia Phillies. So we'll see what happens with that as you're listening to All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. And now let's hear something that's coming up right here on All Andy Elford. Hi, folks. This is Andy Elford, the host of All Andy Elford, talking to you today about my good friends down at the Libby Factory Outlet Store in the Warehouse District in downtown Toledo. Folks, this is it. This is what you've been waiting for. The big warehouse sale has arrived. Come on down to the Libby Factory Outlet Store at 205 South Erie Street for all your glassware and glassware accessories. With the warehouse sale, we have dinnerware, we have box sets, and so much more. Whether you're getting ready to head to college or getting ready for the football season, or better yet, breaking away from the mask and getting ready for those party summer entertaining events. Libby Glass Factory Outlet Store has everything that you need. Visit their store downtown at 205 South Erie Street in the Warehouse District. Open seven days a week, Monday through Friday, 9.30 in the morning till 5.30 in the evening on Saturdays. Hey, the Farmer's Market's open. They're open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Sundays from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. The Libby Factory Outlet Store, setting your table right for more than 100 years. All right, let's talk a little Mud Hen Baseball right here on All Andy Alfred. As you're listening to us tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. Let's talk a little Mud Hen Baseball. Mud Hens are winning big on the road right now. It didn't start well on Friday. It started big on Friday. With the Mudhens winning, losing on Friday by a score of six to four to the Louisville Bats, Finnegan gets the win. He goes to one and zero with a four point three eight ERA for the Louisville Bats. Manning the loss. He goes to zero and two with a seven point nine four ERA. Fulmer the save for Louisville, his first of the season. Freeman homering for the Bats, his first of the season. No home runs hit for the for the Hens. On Friday afternoon, you get to Saturday, and the Mudhens getting a big 4-3 win against the Bats. They win big 
4-3. Hutchinson, the win, he goes to 1-2 with a 4.07 ERA. Saltala, the loss, he goes to 1-2 with a 2.49 ERA. Uh, Ross, the save, his second of the season. Uh, Gonzalez for the Hens, his sixth of the season. Cuthbert, the home run for the, for the Bats, his second of the season. So, if you look at, we're looking at it back right now. I'm just having my guys pull it right now. The Hens won in Louisville on Tuesday. They won Wednesday. They lose Thursday. They win Friday. They win Saturday. They win huge on Sunday as they shut out the Louisville Bats by a score of 10 to nothing. Carlton, the win. He goes to 2-0 with a 1.80 ERA. The loss goes to Goudreau, his first loss of the season. He's 1-1 with a 4.97 ERA. Nunez homering for the for the uh, Mudhens, his third of the season. Paredes homering his second of the season. So the Hens win 1-2. 1-2. Three, four out of the six math games this past weekend in Louis, this past week in Louisville. A big win, big wins for the Hens on the road. Now they head the road. They continue the two-week road trip. They head into Memphis, and unfortunately tonight that game has been postponed. They have just announced it is postponed due to weather. They will have a double header on the third of June. So that is a double header planned for Thursday. June, excuse me, went yeah, yeah, Thursday, June third. It's a double dip game at in Memphis against the Redbirds. So they'll get back into action tomorrow night, eight ten start time for that one. Toledo has not yet named the starter for Wednesday night's matchup, but it will be Parsons on the hill for Memphis. He's zero one with a four point five nine ERA, uh, eight ten start time. For that one, they will play Memphis and then they will return home to battle the Louisville Bats for six straight games starting June 8th. And they will play from they will play the Bats June 8th through through the 13th before they hit the road and battle and go on the road. So go back on the road, of course. So we'll see how it all shakes out, but it will be full capacity starting June 8th at 5th, 3rd Field. Get your tickets by going to mudhens.com or calling 419-725-HENS. Tickets are very limited for for the opener on the 8th of June, but there will be plenty of tickets for after that series. Um, make mention of this, too. Uh, it probably won't happen, but uh, this past week, Joey Votto, the former the Reds' first baseman, is taking rehab assignment in Louisville for the for the bats as he's making his rehabs some rehab starts down there. Isn't it suck that you know that he won't be making a rehab starts in Toledo? It just does. Wish the wish you got a chance to see the future Hall of Famer coming into Toledo to fifth third field the bats. So that, I mean that would have been absolutely fantastic, but the the uh, get your tickets by calling 419-725-HENS or visiting mudhens.com for ticket information. They are having a promotion Friday night for home plate giveaway 
for that one. So let's take a look at the standings going into the this week's games. The Iowa Bar, the Omaha Barn Chasers, Storm Chasers are in the top spot in the Midwest bracket of the Triple A Baseball League as they are 16 and 7 and holding the top spot. St. Paul is 13 and 11, three and a half games out of first place. The Indianapolis Indians are 11 and 12, five games out of first place with six wins against the Bats. The Mudheads are now 11 and 12, five games out of first place. The Iowa Cubs are struggling. They are 9 and 13, six and a half games out of first place. The Columbus Clippers 8 and 15, eight games out of first place, and with Louisville losing six of their last eight against Toledo, they're now 7 and 16, nine games out of first place in the in Triple A Northeast. It is the Scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders at the top spot at 16 and 6. Wooster is 15 and 9, two games out of first place. Buffalo is 12 and 10, four games out of first place. The Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs are 13 and 11, four games out of first place. The Syracuse Mets are 8 and 16, nine games out of first place. And the Rochester Red Wings are 6 and 18, 11 games out of first place. In the southeast, it is the is Nashville Sound at 18 and 5. It is the Durham Bulls at 17 and 7, a game and a half out of first place. The Gwinnett Stripers are 14 and 10, four and a half games out of first place. The Jacksonville Shrimp are 14 and 10, four and a half games out of first place. Memphis, who the Mudhens will be facing this week, are 9 and 15, nine and a half games out of first place. They are four and six in their last ten games, by the way. The Charlotte Knights are 8 and 15, 10 games out of first place, and the Norfolk Tides are 8 and 15, 10 games out of first place. So the Bloodhens, huge win in Louisville. They will now head to Memphis for six straight before they return home to full houses right here at Fifth Third Field. As you're listening to All NDL for tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, whenever and whenever, whenever and however you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now let's let's hit the ice. We'll talk about the NHL playoffs, but before that, let's talk about what is happening in the capital city. It's time for a special edition of It's time to fire the cannon, and it's time to put on your jackets. It's time for the Jackets Report, right here on All Andy Alfred. So we're breaking in with a special edition of the Jackets Report right here as a huge announcement was made, of course, by Elliot Freeman this past weekend as the top reporter, in my opinion, for Hockey Night in Canada broke this story. I just couldn't believe it. I just knew this was... I knew something like this was going to happen sooner or later. So, I'll read this to you verbatim, okay? Uh, Columbus has been informed by the party of Seth Jones that he will not sign an extension at this time and plans to test the free agency as is his right to. That is a huge loss if the, if Seth Jones leaves the Jackets. That is going to be a huge loss. It's a core guy that 
It's been with this program on the rebuild for a while. It's now, I now call this now a rebuild if Jones leaves. And you have now what? Warinsky will be your top defenseman, and he's going to have to get paid soon. A lot of people are leaving Columbus now, and this is this is this is starting to get scary. This is really starting to get scary, folks. And I I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. Um, I'll keep reading this for you. Two years ago, they held held on to Bobrovsky and Panera in the same circumstances. That was the correct call because the Blue Jackets were at best and their own and owed their fans a run to reward them for all their support. I would have done the same thing, that's what Elliot Freeman says, but this is different. The team has come off a hard season there and their identity is changing. It is time to build something new and the return of, of Jones would be a big part of that. It's a complex transaction because unless someone is willing to give up a major package for Jones as a rental, the this is essentially a trade and a free agency at the same time. But he's a hell of a player, great respect, and there will be a ton of interest because of this. And being that, in it continues on, I would say, I understand the angers in Ohio, and I try to find the positive in every situation. Here's what I say if I were Columbus. After this season, it's time to try something new. The Blue Jackets are very good at identifying players. There's still plenty of talent there. John Davidson could sell a lead gas guzzler 1971 to Elon Musk, and he would walk the market through it. The best way to build a new core is to be be the first place young players to first place to have their young players get a chance. Determine those targets, who those targets are, and create that bond. There is a lot of theories as to why several players have left. Some are out of the organization's control, market size, for example. Some aren't. They are going to have to be honest with themselves about their shortcomings. Whether it is negotiation style or anything else, every organization goes through this. It doesn't have to be the end of the world. And on the other note, Columbus is in the, in the search for centers. I think they've talked to Buffalo about Sam Reinhart. That's true. But the Sabres are looking for goaltenders. Jonas Corposalo or Elvis Merzlinkis would be a sensible target. I think you get rid of Corpy and you get, you keep Merzlinkis. It's plain and simple. The theory of mine, according to Elliot Friedman, was received with mixed reaction when I mentioned it on last week's podcast. No guarantee it has it happens because there's other options for both teams, but it's a sensible trade partner because of that. Because Davison's history in New York makes him makes me believe that the Blue Jackets will talk to David Quinn about the vacant head coaching job position as well, if they haven't already. Gerard Gallant, who I think the Jackets should go out and get. Todd Nelson, Rick Tockett are also among those in the interview. Tockett has also been talking to Buffalo, the Rangers, and the Seattle Kraken. So, Jones leaving the Jackets. Let me let me break that all down for you. First, let's talk about Jones leaving at the end of the season. 
we are looking at another Pierre-Luc Dubois situation. Where is he wanting to be in play, Will he be playable for this upcoming season? I think you move him now as this offseason moves on and see what we can get piecewise. We'll have we have plenty of first round picks to to start building a younger team because of that. That's one thing. Number two, I brought this up to my fiance yesterday. We're now looking at since the Leafs are now out of the playoffs, and we'll break down the NHL playoffs here in just a second. The Leafs are out of the playoffs. Riley Nash has played two of the seven games. In the playoffs, which makes him have the 30% capacity to play games in the playoffs, which means that the Jackets went from a seventh round pick to a sixth round pick. So that is a very good move for the Jackets. Number three, with the Leafs eliminated now, Nick Felino and Riley Nash's contracts are now up for negotiation. It is now time for me to say this it is time for us to go back to the drawing board with Nick Felino and go get. Nick, back! Get it done, John! This man has bleed this Union Blue. He has led this team. You gave him the C when Todd Richards was running that ship. Get him back! He loves Columbus. He loves the city. He loves the organization. A new ownership, new leadership is what he wants. He'll come back for new leadership. Get the job done, John. Get it done now. Get it done now. Nash, that's a that's a situation where you can make you can either make a play for him or you don't want to make a play for him. It's up to it's up to the ownership or anything like that. But get Nick Felino re-signed now. Put him back in the Union Blue. Put him back at number seventy-one. And the question is, the captain situation for the Jackets. Who's the captain? Who will be the captain? Jones is now out. He was at an A. Atkinson's an A. Jenner is an A. You look at the oldest member of the team, and that is Boone Jenner. Jenner's been here the longest. You give him the seat? I don't think so. In my opinion, you go with somebody that is a vulnerable player. uh, Not a vulnerable player, but a solid player. A player that wants to be here. A player that has put roots into into the city. And I think, unfortunately, I say it, you've got to give it back to number 13, Cam Ak- give it to 13, Cam Atkinson. Atkinson deserves to be the captain of this team. An opportunity for him to help with this young team that it is, and it looks like it's going to get younger because it's we're not going to get any veteran leadership and veteran players. Might as well just give it to the young kid. Give it to Atkinson, and he can promote this team. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. So, I I say it. I will say it again. The Jackets need to re-sign Nick Foligno to bring him back into Columbus. And they need to give Cam Atkinson the C. Now, regarding the goaltending situation, 
I don't like what Elliot Freeman is talking about right now with Corpus Salo and Merzlinkis on both on the docket. Merzlinkis is under the three-year deal still. This is year, I think this will be upcoming year two of the season deal. Uh, I think you give the opportunity, you keep Merzlinkis, you get rid of Corpus Salo, Cor- or you give Corp, you keep both of them. First of all, that's the main. Goal. Keep both. I think you keep both of them. If you had to get rid of somebody, you go with you get go with rid of Corpus Salo. See if he can go get you win. He can go win a championship somewhere else, or possibly win somewhere else. Plain and simple. That's number that's number one. But I, number number one and number two, I think you keep both goaltenders. The coaching situation. Quinn is not the guy. Do not we do not need Quinn. He is a college coach. We do not need a college coach. We need somebody that's a veteran coach. And Gallant is the guy I think that the Jackets really, really, really should get. And I and I mean that wholeheartedly. Absolutely wholeheartedly. They need Gallant in the position. They absolutely do. They need him in the position. So... That's the Jackets report. Let's dive into the NHL playoffs. Let's talk a little NHL hockey for you. How about last night? Game 7 of the Stanley Cup playoffs between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens. I think NBCSN did a shitty job of that. I really, really do. Memorial Day weekend is not a good weekend when it comes to promoting sports. When it comes to everything like that. So. I think personally. They should have put the Leaf game on NBCSN. And moved the Boston Islander game to either a USA Network or CNBC. Because it's game seven. It's two of the powerhouses in Canada. And this is what we get. We get, we get it on CNBC. Come on now. That's why I watched it on CBC. I preferred it on CBC. I've watched all my hockey games this season on CBC. Because I prefer CBC coverage. I Even though it's not the same without Don Cherry, I'll say it again. Don should be signed by Turner Sports so he can be the hockey analyst. I will put that on there. I will email. I will tweet. I will email Chuck Charles Barkley and tell him straight up, if you know the people at Turner Sports and, and they need hockey people, Don Cherry is the guy. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Okay? Plain and simple. But last night, the Montreal Canadiens getting a huge win. Pulling the upset. Beating the Leafs. 3-1. to one. Winning the series four games to three after being down 3-1 in the series. On the brink of the elimination, the Leafs fall at home in game seven by a score of 3-1. Gallagher started the scoring from Stahl. It was 1-0. And then Corey Perry, his second of the season from Nick Suzuki. And Eric Gustafson made it 2-0 on the power play. And then Tyler Toffoli getting his second of the season in the third period. Making it 3 nothing 
in favor of the Canadians. William Nylander stopped a little bit of the bleeding, his fifth from Matthews and Spezza, but that was all. Montreal beats the Leafs by a score of 3-1 to one in the game. Price, the number one star, the number two star, Brandon Gallagher, the William Nylander, the number three star. Shots on goal in the game. The Leafs had 31 shots on net to the Montreal Canadiens, 23. The Leafs led in the faceoff dot 51% to 49%. Montreal 1-for-1 one one in the power play. The Leafs over 2. The Leafs out-hitting the Canadiens 32-30. The Canadiens out-blocking them 13-8 and out-giving away them 11-13. Like I said, 31 shots for the Leafs, 23 for Montreal in the game. For, the, for Montreal, Carey Price stopping 31 of 30. His save percentage of a .968. For the Leafs, it was... It was Campbell stopping 20 of 22, save percentage of a point nine zero nine. So the Leafs are out, and I'm done out of my bracket. So let's give you some stats on the Leafs, too. It has been 6,448 days since the last playoff series win, which was April 20th, 2004. They have had 1,932 Regular season games played since they've won a playoff series. 44 playoff games since they've won a playoff series. They have had 48 different goaltenders. They have had over 1,542 players wear the Leafs colors since the last time they won the series in 2004. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what's happened in round round one, two. And let's head into round two. Uh, Las Vegas and Colorado. This game is a this series is a chippy series. Colorado's up one nothing in the series. That was a great game on Sunday night. Uh, got chippy at the end. A nine minute power play, which a match penalty was uh, given to Ryan Reeves, and he's now suspended for two games because of that match penalty. Uh, game two is Wednesday night, 10 o'clock in Colorado. So if I had to pick, I'll take Colorado in the series, probably in six. Uh, Boston and the Islanders, I think this is the series to watch. The Islanders, a very young team looking to you know shake things up a little bit. I like to see them win the series. I, I hope to God they win the series because I, I can't stand David Pasternak. I can't stand Patrice Bergeron. I can't stand uh, that Brad Marchand. I can't stand Tuka Rass. I get sick and tired of seeing these damn Duncan commercials with Pasternak. You know, I stopped eating pasta because of him. I'm with you, Fra I'm with you Frankie. I think... The Islanders can win this series. It could go the full seven. I really do. I have the Islanders in seven pulling the upset. Tampa and Carolina, I think it's a good series. The defending champions trying to bounce back. Carolina, a very good team. Game one of that series went towards Tampa Bay. Game two is happening tonight at 730. Um, it's Tampa, I gotta keep the lead. I gotta keep Tampa in this run. I think Tampa wins it in six. And now with Winnipeg and Montreal. Now Montreal coming off a seven-game series. Winnipeg 
a clean sweep over Edmonton in four straight. I got to give it to the Jets. I think it will be an interesting series. I, I think the Jets in five. Uh, I think that they get, I think Montreal gets a win at home with the fans in the stands. But other than, I think they get the game three win at maybe. But we'll see what happens. We will absolutely see what happens. So, you know, NHL playoffs on the roll. Uh, some news and notes also to pass along to you. Uh, besides the Ryan Reeves, uh, by the way, uh, the three no- nominees for the Vesna Trophy are Mark Andre Fleury, Philip Grubauer, and Andre Vasilevsky are the top th- are the name the finalists for the Vesna Trophy winners. Uh, it was pretty much set in order for the first fifteen picks. The lottery lottery will determine the first two draft picks. That will happen this Wednesday at seven o'clock on NBCSN. So we'll see where the where the Jackets fall. The Sabres have the best odds at 16.6% in winning the lottery. The Anaheim Ducks have the second best percentage at 21.1. If you're looking, the Kraken have the same lottery placement as Vegas ahead of their first of the season. So they're guaranteed, they're guaranteed to pick no lower than fifth. Uh, Arizona will be a part of the drawings, but have forfeited their first-round picks because of violations of the NHL combined testing policy from the 2019-2020 season. Um, I'd like to see really quickly here. Uh, the odds coming out. Jackets have good odds. And we'll have an NHL draft preview show, of course, coming up once we get closer and closer to the draft. When it looks like the draft might be aired on ESPN, which is a very good sign. Very, very good sign. Um, let's see. Reeves is suspended for two games. Uh, the question, um, The question is, you know, uh, Jake DeBrusque, was fined five thousand dollars for his actions against with the Bruins for cross-checking uh, Scott Mayfield during Game Two of the second-round playoff game on Monday night. So that's that's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out as well. So, if recapping again, I have Colorado in six, the Islanders in seven, Tampa in six, Winnipeg in five in the next round of the playoffs. As you're listening to All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning into the show tonight. And let's talk and let's hit a little racing for you right here on the Anchor Network. So with it being Memorial Day weekend, a tradition in the in the auto racing world, which I love the most, is the Indianapolis 500, and boy, it was full capacity. Jim Cornelius, the for, the the uh, national anthem singer for the Chicago Blackhawks, sang "My Back Home Again" in Indiana. It brought a little tear to my eye. It was a really great race. We figured that you know Will Power would be right there in the mix. You had a lot of great racers. In the mix, of course, Jimmy Johnson was not racing in the in the Indianapolis 500 this year. 
Uh, but it was a familiar guy who is now a four-time Indy 500 winner. Lifts the Watermaker Trophy. Lifts the trophy and drinks the milk over Victory Lane. And we have it for you. The final laps, the finish of the 2021 Indianapolis 500 for you right here. All Andy offer courtesy of NBC Network, NBC Sports Network on the YouTube channel. So here is the final laps of the Indianapolis 500 for you. Auckland is going to be a lap car scenario, so that could play a factor as well. Do they put McLaughlin in the mix to try to help Pagano back this field up? You saw Takuma Sato. He's out. He had to bail out, go to pit lane for a splash and go, so it is pure up front. The fastest five cars will determine the winner cars. of the 105th run. Here we go. Cars oh. coming out of the pit lane. Rosenquist now just came out of the pit lane on fresh tires. He won't, won't, won't want to go down a lap either. So. He's a teammate to award. Rosenquist is in a position to, to help. potentially help and serve as a pick almost for Pato Award. We Five have. laps to go. Back, look at your outside. Here comes Pilar. We got team cars up there that could help their teammates win the biggest race in the world. Will they make it be a factor in this? And these are the two guys that you're looking at here. Felix Rosenquist once drove this number 10 car just a year ago. He left Ganassi to go Aaron McLaren SP and in to one of the most famous teams in IndyCar comes Alex Below. He's wrestling, arm wrestling at 220 miles an hour, a three-time champion, and in only his second Indianapolis 500, he himself looks like a veteran Scott McLaughlin I think is safe from being lapped the, the, the spoiler here could be Felix Rosenquist but right now Alex Pillow is drafting off of a guy Townsend who's got brand new tires and he's pulling away right now from Castro Neves because he's towing along with a guy who's got brand new tires Rose, look at that. Rosenquist has new tires but he also has next to no fuel they only had to put a splash into it drive-through for Rosenquist for a penalty, so he's going to get taken out of the mix. Must have been speeding on pit road as you get a great oh. view of that mission on board. He dives for pit road. There goes Pillow. And just seven and a half miles left in this Indianapolis 500. I wonder if Castro Neves is now struggling. Now that we're at the end of the tire life, does Castro Neves have enough to make a move towards the end? Uh, Castro Neves made a move on, on Polo at the end of the last stint when they were in traffic. But right now, it's a clear road. This, this is going to be a four, five-car shootout to the end of the race. Elio Castro Neves in the Auto Nation Sirius XM Honda for Maya Shank oh, yeah. in his oh, yeah. 21st Indy 500. Oh, yeah. It's Here on. We go. Castro Neves can do it, I think. Here we go. Two laps to go. Two. Here it comes. Outside. That is bold. Oh, Turn one, Elio. Don't lose too much ground, Pelot. Get back in line. Get down low. Get some clean air on your wing. Get a run. Set it up for the last lap. Paul, I think Castro Neves has to start driving the line. He doesn't normally run, which is all the way down over the white line. Take the air away from Pelot to the inside. Don't let him get oh, any more front grip than he needs. He's right there. Castro Neves. Oh, oh look at all this lap traffic oh, now. Oh, boy. 
lap traffic will become a factor as they come up on these. Look at that pack of lap cars going slow. My this is going to be crazy. My goodness. Elio Castro Neves has to weave his way through here under the ultimate pressure. Got to set this up. Pelot's got to just back it off here and set this up off of turn two. This is where it's going to happen. Final lap out of turn two. Onto the back stretch for the final time. Can Castro Neves weave his way around? We'll have moved that Ryan Hunter Ray put on him many years ago. He sticks behind RHR. Now here, Pelot. Pelot gets closer. There's a four-time win on the line for Elio Castro Neves. Look at the crowd. They know history's on the line. Welcome to the four-time club, Elio Castro Look at that. Holding up all four. Elio Castro Neves goes into history. So Spider-Man wins the Indianapolis 500. Helio Castro Neves puts besides next to the dancing of the, the, the stars trophy. He gets another Indianapolis 500 win. He gets he finishes in first. Alex Paggio in second. Simon Piquet finishes in third. Pato O'Rourke finishes fourth. Ed Carpenter finishes fifth. Santino Fertucci finishes in sixth. Sam Carmard finishes in seventh. Arimus Vicky finishes eighth. Juan Pablo Mantoya finishes in ninth. Tony Canaan finishes in tenth. Marcus Edmondson finishes in eleventh. Jose Newgarden finishes twelfth. Connor Daly thirteenth. Juma Sato finishes in 14th. J.R. Hildebrand finishes 15th. Colton Hira finishes 16th. Scott Dixon 17th. Jake Har Jack Harvey 18th. Mario Marco Andretti finishes 19th. Scott McLaughlin 20th. James Hitchcliffe finishes 21st. Ryan Hunter Ray finishes 22nd. Dalton Kellen finishes 23rd. Mount Colton finishes 24th. Petro Philippe finishes 25th. Uh, Sebastian Boris finishes 26th. Felix Rosquith finishes 27th. Ed Jones finishes 28th. Alexander Rossi finishes 29th. Will Power finishes 30th. Simone de Silvestro finishes 31st. Graham Rahal 32nd. And Stefan Wilson finishes 33rd. So Castro Neves gets 103 points in the Indy Series. Padro 85. Pagan 71 in the top three. So the next race for the Indy Car Series will be at... Bell Isle up in Detroit. It'll be a two-day race. That'll be coming up uh, starting next weekend at race one and race two before they go to Grand Road America, before they go to Mid-Ohio on July 4th weekend. So a great tradition continues with full capacity in the stands at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So congratulations to Helio Castroneves, the winner of the Indianapolis 500. And we'll briefly, we'll talk, continue the talk here. Let's talk a little bit about some NBA basketball for you tonight. As I don't know if you've seen, if you, you've, a lot of people have been talking about it, is that Kyrie Irving and the whole situation between with the Nets and the Boston Celtics with him stomping on the Celtic uh, logo, stomping on the Celtic lucky uh, the leprechaun stomping on his head and then walking off. He gets hit 
by a water bottle from a fan. And the Nets called out the 21-year-old kid who hit Kyrie Irving with the water bottle. And to me, you know, we have Westbrook getting hit with the popcorn. Now you hit Kyrie having getting hit with the water bottle. When's it going to be enough, fans? You know, we don't need to have the malice in the palace again. We just don't. We just don't need to have that happen again. But Brooklyn is up in the series three games to one over the over the Boston Celtics. They play tonight in the game. You also have the Trailblazers taking on the Nuggets. And at 10 tonight, it will be the Lakers and the Suns. The series tied at two games apiece going back to Phoenix for game five for game five of the series. So we'll see what happens with that as we're getting closer to the end of the end of the season. As we're getting closer to the end of this episode right here on All ADL for right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cats, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now it's time to find the end of our show tonight, which is Andy Rance. Now time for Andy Rance. And before we begin, I want to thank you for tuning into the podcast tonight. And if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, what are you doing? We... Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts every Tuesday and Friday right here on the Anchor Network. And we'll be back on the air on Friday to talk and recap the week's sports, of course, with the Tigers taking on the Brewers and then heading to the south side of Chicago on Thursday and Friday or for the whole weekend for four games, as well as the Indians and the Reds walking back full-capacity stadiums tomorrow not, tomorrow afternoon. We'll talk about that on Friday's edition of the Only the Offered We'll see how the uh, the Mud Hens are doing as well in Memphis, where they'll be playing three games in the next two days, right here. We'll break that all down for you, as well as the NHL playoffs and so much more right here on the Anchor Network. So it's time for Andy Rants tonight, and not much of a rant tonight. It's more of a uh, again continuation of what last week's episode was. I wanted to thank thank our great governor of the state of Ohio, Mike DeWine, and his wife Fran. All the Lieutenant Governor John Hustad and all of those that helped out through this pandemic, even though the health orders are done, the the mass mandate is being lifted as of tomorrow at 12.01 a.m. Uh, I want to thank the governor and I want to thank all those a part of the, the committee and all those a part of the, uh, the, uh, the, the task force that helped this state through one of the worst pandemics we have ever seen in our entire lives and hopefully we'll never see ever again in our entire lives and um you know it's you know truly a blessing to have Mike DeWine lead this great state that we have right here in the state of Ohio um you know even though the health orders are in order I I I I'm still going to wear a mask uh, I don't, I, and I don't mean this to be mean to people out there in the world, but I don't trust people as much as I can nowadays. Um, I do, I do know people that are looking forward to tomorrow being the mass takeoff day and they're looking forward to it. There's some people are going to burn their mask. They're going to take it off and they're going to burn it. I'm just going to keep mine on. I want to feel like once we get to 60% of this country 
and more or less 60 to 70 percent of this state fully vaccinated and fully healthy, then I would think about taking off my mask because we have people that are we can't you really can't trust people all that much because of the fact that they are putting gasoline into Meyer or shopping bags, plastic shopping bags, and then putting that bag into their car, and the gas is just spilling all out. In my opinion, and I'm not going to be mean and say this, but I've noticed it more and more with people nowadays that people are a little bit more, their IQs are a little bit more off ever since COVID happened. And uh, we just got to take our time, relax, you know. I know right now the world is, you know, trying to get reopened, but we can't push too much on a reopening. I mean, we're seeing it right now with what's happening in the job markets, uh, fast food, retail. It's struggling, struggling to find bodies, struggling to find work, struggling to find people that want to do the jobs because they don't feel like it's safe yet. And that's, that's fine. If you don't feel safe to go out and do this jobs, that's fine. But to those people that are going out and going to spend the money at like McDonald's or going out to stores and it being understaffed and the restaurants being understaffed and just going out there and thinking that everything's okay and they're just you're just belittling these people, don't. Absolutely don't. Just remember where we were one year ago. We were in the country was in trouble. The country was a mess with COVID and what was going on in the streets with the whole George Floyd situation and everything. It was just a mess. So is it really worth it to yell at an 18-year-old or a 17-year-old who is just trying to make trying to do a job to, you know, get some money to build up for college or build up for uh, their first car or to get to to the 30-year-old or the 35-year-old that's trying their best to make a living so that their kids can be better off? Is it worth belittling those people? No, absolutely not. So the Karens of the world, shut up. To the Susans of the world, be quiet. Just suck it up and deal with it. If it If there's a mistake, if it's a massive mistake, yes, Go ahead and talk about it. Go ahead and you know bring it to the company's attention. But if it's just a little minor things and then it just flips on you, is it really worth it? It isn't. So there's that for you. We'll be back on Friday right here on All Andy Elford. And I'm looking forward to talking to you. But until then, this is Andy Elford saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. Game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home. And to my teams. Go! Jackets even though we're losing Seth Jones. Go Tigers. Go Reds. And go Tribe. Go Islanders. And go Hens. And come on Falcons. 150 to 1 odds. Prove them wrong. Victory is sweetest. 
when you have tasted defeat. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. I'll talk to you guys on Friday for another edition of All Andy Alfred. Love you, babe. Talk to you guys later this week.